What is up, designers, and welcome back to the Surviving the Cancel podcast. Today is part two out of four of the how to uh, profitably build a cult-like attention around your unpopular opinion in a cancel culture error series. Um, in the first part, which is the last episode, I would implore you to just go back and listen to the episode. We covered everything about, you know, how it is that I got kicked out of college with a zero GPA and began starting businesses with the intention of getting people to simply understand and become diehard fans of what my unpopular opinions were um, and to survive also. Um, We talk about in this series how you use business as a tool not just to make you rich but how business is a tool that can be used to harvest capital and create culture, to create social movements, to take your unpopular opinions and make people diehard fans of them on a global scale. That's what this series is all about. And so this is part two, continuing after I got kicked out of college with zero GPA and quit my job and was pretty much hustling to make a business before my parents kicked me out of their house. Um, and rightfully so. I don't have any complaints about that. It's their house. I was like 22 when I left. So, you know, they have full reign to do whatever they want. Um, but before I start this episode, part two, I do want to say if you want to shortcut everything I'm saying in this four-part series and get straight down to the point, how is it that you take your unpopular opinions and create a cult-like attention around them in this era? Uh, if you want to learn how to do that, there's a summit where I interview about 15 to 30 people who've already done so, who are responsible. They're immensely wealthy, immensely influential, and they're responsible for some of the biggest social movements across the planet. And I asked them, uh, if you were canceled and lost everything, how would you you know, create a social movement to survive the cancel, um, a profitable social movement? How would you take, you know, the opinions that you were canceled for and make either the people that canceled you or a whole new crop of people uh, diehard fans of those opinions? How would you fight back and gain a new foundation of supporters to survive the cancel and keep your life and your business and everything intact? The same way Donald Trump did in 2016 when people canceled him and wanted to get rid of him. And so if you want to learn what these 15 to 30 speakers said to that question that I asked them, um, you register for the free summit. It's absolutely free at www.survivingthecancel.com. It's www.survivingthecancel.com. Okay, now I'm going to start this episode, but I actually want to introduce you to the prompt that I actually asked these 15 to 30 speakers because I didn't include that in the last episode, and I think that's important. The prompt that I asked them is you wake up one day and you discover that a bunch of crazy socialists, you know, the Twitter socialists, you know, they decide that they don't like you and what you stand for and what your business stands for and they decide it's canceled. So you start losing supporters and you start losing your network of people around you. You know how like athletes, they used to lose sponsors and things like that. And you're approaching rock bottom. You have 30 days before your loss of network and gaining of new enemies render you and your life completely wiped and bankrupt. How is it in 30 days you would, uh, how is it that in 30 days you would essentially use those unpopular opinions that you got canceled for to build, you know, to to inspire a new social movement around them, uh, get a whole new foundation of support and survive the cancel. That's essentially what I asked them. So if you want to learn with the 15 to 30 massive, like multimillionaires, you know, uh, huge followings, huge social movements and have been through this before, how they answered that question uh, go to www.survivingthecancel.com. I mean, it's equivalent like when you have uh, an unpopular opinion, you go to share with your family and they argue with you and they don't really understand you. How is it that you get not only them to understand it, but become diehard fans of that opinion? And how do you do that on a massive scale where it's like profitable as well? 
www.survivingthecancel.com. So without further ado, I'm actually going to get to this podcast episode and stop wasting, uh, well, not wasting time. We'll stop providing you with uh, an opportunity to register for free for something that's incredible and extremely valuable. Um, so without further ado, here's the episode. My name is Dallas, and this is the Survive the Cancel podcast. Uh, hope you enjoy. And so to continue this story, I kind of conceded, and I kind of gave up entrepreneurship for a while, and I kind of just started working again. When I started working again, I, I remember very vividly, like, you know, that tail end of that summer. Like, that was the first time in a long time I felt actual, like, happiness. You know, so I started out in a place, you know, as I had already described of, okay, I want to, you know, I want things for myself. I want to move to LA and I want to go to Miami and I want to see the world and travel and have freedom and have money and have status and have fame. And, you know, as a subsidiary goal, I want, you know, people to recognize like who we can be, what type of life that we can have. And I want people to be happy and joyful and live that life and be free. I wanted them to understand and adopt and become diehard fans of this unpopular paradigm that I was suggesting was something that will you know that society should adapt but 2017 i kind of forgot of all of that because it was so hard of a year i mean that year i would go in the basement sometimes like when everybody was asleep and i would just do a webinar over and over and over and over and over again to the sun rose in the morning and then i would run ads to the webinar that was pre-recorded and go to sleep and i would wake up hoping it'd be a million dollars in my bank account it would always be a fat zero in a click funnel screen like i would go in the basement and make so many different funnels and so many different, you know, contraptions online and online businesses. Like, you know, that feeling when you like, like you're just desperate and you're just like, I just want this to work so bad. And you make something, you think this is the one you've tweaked everything that could possibly be wrong with it. And it, it just doesn't work. That was that summer, like building business after business after business. At first it was a, a business around making beats and music production because that's my primary passion. And then it was, um, a business around what was the next one? Then it was like a social media marketing business, and then it was a business around. Uh, I don't know. I can't even remember. But I'm not even going to dig dig into that though. though that that creative ideas. So many different businesses, business after business after business. Anyhow, so we're moving to 2017, and and all of that kind of came to a halt. Like I just wanted to feel good and feel acceptance again. I wanted to eat, sit at the dinner table, and eat and feel like I deserved it again, deserved love, and to be around my family. And I remember, you know, that first day I got like a $180 check because it was only for like a week of work and cashing it down at the local uh, cash checking place, liquor store, whatever you want to call it, and getting that check and feeling like somebody, feeling like I deserved love, feeling like the next time me and my girlfriend go to dinner, I might be able to pay for it, you know, and, 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 you know, just feeling like I was worth a fucking damn. Like, you know, you get so low in some of these times to the points where you just feel like you're not worth anything to anybody. Like, you're worth dirt. Like, you're the loneliest person in the world and you deserve to be that way. Um, I'm making this podcast for so long, talking about my personal issues. But anyway, as my tirade from 2017 to 2019 spans on, in that first year of 2017, uh, the, you know, because that was the pretty much the end of that year. It flew on without without complication. But in 2018, you know, that bug, if it's in you, uh, if, if, if it's truly within your nature to be a deserter of the status quo, which I call a designer, we'll get into that later. Um, that's just who you are. You know, that that's that's just how you're born. That's just your DNA. You, you built different. And so I was in 2018. That little voice in the back of my head it began to creep up on me and, and say, hey, Spend a little bit of money on ads and start making funnels again and just do it on the side. Let's just let's just experiment with it. And so at first I was at the Target 
you know, just living my life. I would work 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the night shift. You know, I was I was happy with it at first. You know, uh, I would wake up at 3.30 a.m. Uh, I started that job in the summertime and walk there in the summertime. It's a beautiful summer night. Hearing the crickets and the lightning bugs. It's, it's, it's hiling outside. It's a beautiful Maryland night. And I'm walking to work every day. And then winter comes along into 2018 and I'm waking up at 3.30 a.m. and I'm sprinting to work because it's freezing cold. It's 20 degrees at night and it's, it's quiet and, and the grass crunching under my feet. And sometimes a fox would run across the road and he was my friend. But 2008, you know, but I would get to work and essentially my duties at work, just to be real brief about it, you know, a truck would come to the back of the Target store. It's like the back room and they would kind of like park against the the building. And so... There would be boxes in the truck. We would lift the truck door up and we would unload the boxes into the Target, essentially. And in that little back door warehouse place, back room warehouse, um, there was this, 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 uh, the main door that the truck actually attached to. But there was a secondary door that the driver of the truck would walk through and talk to us. It's like a little mini garage door. And so 2018, I'm going to talk about that soon, but, you know, essentially would spend two hours unloading the truck and then two hours bringing the boxes onto the floor into the actual target and you know at first i was just you know making friends and you know doing all that stuff but 2018 begins to 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 come back around and i began to remember and have flashes of what i wanted out of life my original two goals you know i would look at the people around me and i would think how much better we can do and how much better we can be and how much more happy and successful and what a life that we can live all that life is yeah, it would start to come back to me. And I would think about who I was and who I could be and, and all these things that I could have. And, you know, as 2018 started to span on, you know, I started to think more about, OK, I'm I'm happy now. I, you know, I appease the people around me. But what about me? I want I want a piece for mine. And in 2018, it had begun to span into spring of 2018. And that little garage door that I was talking about began to open up. You know, uh, you know how it is in, in, in the early mornings in spring. Uh, let's say it was around April when they would open up that mini garage door and it'd be like 5, 6 a.m. in the morning. And I would literally, while we were unloading the truck, watch the sun come up outside of this door. And I would see like the beautiful like spring setting and flowers and it's warm outside. And I would just look like, you see how beautiful like this Maryland feel. Like it was a, like a Calvert Hall school across the street. It was a field. You know, the trees are getting there a little. This was a green, you know bright and sunny and, and and coming from the blue when the morning arrives like it, it was just a birds chirping like just a complete scene and I would look out that door when spring came around and for some reason that would just be a symbol for me for freedom and it would just remind me of everything that was on the other side and everything I could be and I could just be outside sitting enjoying the beauty of it rather than sitting here at Target working on these boxes, you know, doing this menial work when I get a check and then spend it on a date or something like that. And at the end of the week, I don't have any money anyway. I could, I could be living my life instead of running on this hamster wheel. And I worked with a homie of mine at the time. Uh, his name was Nate. And I would joke with Nate and the, my coworkers around me, like, you know, when, when, when my job is up, I'm just going to walk straight out there, you know, into that freedom, into that beauty, into the sun and, and, and enjoy my life. Uh, so that was, uh, the beginning of spring of 2018 and so the spring of 2018 kind of flashed by and by the, by the end of 2018 I was kind of like just hustling again in terms of you know uh hustling again in terms of in terms of business I was spending every pay like every paycheck on ads every paycheck on funnel building every paycheck on courses uh you know there was a desire in me to to obviously have my 
humanly goals, my material goals met, but always under the surface was the desire to get people to understand what it is I was talking about. I would look at situations like my brother, him going to prison for an armed robbery and say, if I could just, you know, format my ideas in a way that can actually resonate with him and he can become a diehard fan of these ideas and these unpopular opinions, that could have never happened. And so that was an obsession of mine. How is it that I can make people understand what it is, you know, you know, adopt these paradigms that I think are so important. And so when 2018 came around, uh, are we still 2000? Yeah, yeah, 2018 came around. No, no, this was, yeah, during 2018, I started to buy like books. Like I started to dive deep into things like marketing. I started to listen to the Marketing Secrets podcast, which to this day, I believe I've listened to every episode in that podcast front to back. I started to buy Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson and .com Secrets by Russell Brunson. And I started to go deep into marketing because I believe that marketing was the way that I would actually be able to, marketing was a way to, format my language uh, into a format that actually gave people an epiphany, okay? Marketing was the way to take an unpopular opinion and, and, and transfer it to somebody else's mind, get somebody to resonate with, get somebody to become a diehard fan of it. And so I started to dive into into marketing information. And whereas before I was like just working and, and, and looking out the door, you know, when we got off the uh, or off the truck, it'd still be dark in the store sometimes. And I walk around with my headphones on and the managers didn't want us to have headphones on. But that was besides when I would dodge in between hours listening to the music that I was I mean, listening to uh, business. Essentially, I would listen to how I built this by Guy Raz, you know, your next million by Frank Kern. Uh, but mainly I would listen to uh, the Marketing Secrets podcast by Russell Brunson. It was just purely marketing of all of 2018 going into 2019. So every night when I had off work and on the weekends, you know, you know how it is on weekends. You're like, okay, I have two days. Um, I have to build a million dollar business so I never have to go back to work again. Work in in, in the life that I was living, just appeasing other people, had began to become extremely burdensome, burdensome like it was before because I wasn't built for stuff, stuff like that. That wasn't the life that I want to live. Um, so going into 2019, you know, it was just all about escaping this place. It was all about business. It was all about spending nights packing, you know, unpacking that truck and looking outside of that door at the beautiful freedom that, that had awaited for me beyond. And so, you know, things, you know, were kind of falling apart. My, my parents also had noticed I was spending every check on marketing, every check on entrepreneurship. And it kind of treated these, this unpopular paradigm that entrepreneurship was the way, like a drug addiction. And they were really mad at me for spending money on marketing and building these funnels. They would call me like, my father was like, are you a snake oil salesman? Are you scamming? Like, you know, all, all types of things. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, why don't you just go back to college? And these conversations about college and everything had you know, began to, to, to start back up. So the, 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 the stability that was wound by me getting a job in 2017 had began to come undone. And so April of 2019, it began to take a different step because April 2019 is when my girlfriend actually booked a film. She got booked for a film that was supposed to be filming across DC. And so I went with her to film, you know, on, on set of the film every day. Cause I worked the night shift and we went, essentially like so many different parts of our own city you know I, i'm from baltimore she's from baltimore but dc is kind of like almost the same thing whatever like we went to so many different parts of dc and it was a amazing time shooting that film um and the reason it was an amazing time because we got to explore so many different settings we got to go to adams morgan a little street in the city and then we go out to like the suburbs where they were filming at somebody's house and we go up to another suburb then we go to school and it was it was a big adventure and 
one of the primary parts of that adventure that stuck out to me was that not only like like it was freedom like we would you know eat with the people on the set and we would stay out sometimes when I didn't have work I would even when I didn't have work because it got to a point later down the line where I just started calling out work they said I called out work 17 times or something like that or had 17 no call no shows which I called every single time but that's besides the fact because they didn't have anybody to pick up but it got to the point in time where I would just miss work routinely because we would, we like sometimes they would f- start filming late and they'd be outside filming all night to the sunrise rose in the morning, and it was a beautiful like art driven, you know, a, a process that was actually passionate and purposeful. Okay, it was, you know, I was around for the first time people who were aligned with the paradigm. I was seeing the paradigm of entrepreneurship in action the you know the paradigm of taking life seriously and living free and living from your passions and purposes rather than abandoning a nine to five born it's like i'm seeing it like real proof of it in person for the first time and these people on the set they were getting paid mass amounts of money they were entrepreneurs and they were actually enjoying what they wanted to do and so this only started to ag- aggravate the you know my desire to leave this target more and more and more every day when i looked out that door and saw freedom i thought of these people and what they were doing with their day and it just hit completely different And so the summer of 2019 was essentially spent, um, you know, you know, working at the target and and going to this movie set and in 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 complete aggravation of of the life that I was living and wanting more and more every day to step out and, and try again to 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 like I did in 2016 quit everything and go for what it was that was in my mind because these people are doing it it's possible it's real um and so the summer of 2019 kind of flipped by real quickly, actually. And um, the summer concluded in a very special way. It's special for a lot of reasons, but uh, it's special because I think the message and the way that it was presented was was so unique. Um, in 20, 2019, I also want to add at the beginning of 2019, because, you know, I started to, you know, a, a ghostwriting business and the ghostwriting business you know, because I had learned so many, so much about marketing and sales has started to get a little bit of sales, not a lot, but I think I made about 2,500 or 4,000, something like that throughout the course of that summer. Not a lot at all, but little trickles of money, like $200 for a 10,000 page book was like, it started to trickle in a little bit. And so, you know, with with this combination of events and and, and the call, you know, me spending money on ads, my parents disagreeing with me, man, me being on the set, me staying out all night, and they wanting me to be home, and all the, like emotions came to a head in really, really just before August of 2019. And my parents came to me one day, and they said, "We want you to go back to college, okay? Because obviously you apply for college in August, so this was right before August. They said, we want you to go back to college, and here's the deal." We, we know we asked you to work and you made that compromise, but it's not enough. You're going to go to college or we're going to make you an ultimatum. That's essentially what was said to me. So I didn't think anything of it because we had beefed and went back and forth multiple, on multiple different occasions. And so I kind of just brushed it off and went and it was another day of filming that day. And on on the set today, I believe I was working on a project, you know, a project for a client. And it was it was a book that I was writing. So I was writing on my phone all day. And that day kind of flew by. It was a, a miscellaneous day that wasn't too important. But August 5th comes around, right? And my father pronounces to me or announces to me that, look, I understand you didn't take what I said seriously, but I'm serious, man. You have a month. Uh, here's the deal. You have to sign up for college this month in August because when August flies by, fall submissions are done. 
or you're going to actually have to pay rent to live here. He said he proposed a $500 rent. Okay. Now, this kind of, you know, up the stakes for me. I, you know, I, when I first heard it, it was kind of like insulting. Like, you know, you, you really don't want me to do this. You know, you don't like the way I'm thinking, the way I'm living for my own self as an individual that much that you would go to these lengths to block me, in which I suppose it was out of wanting me to do better. But, you know, uh, I, you know, a lot of, I don't really feel so, you know, a lot of, a lot of me doesn't really say so, you know, it, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. So it's a complicated subject, and not for me to spill my emotions right here. I'll, I'll talk about that in another episode. Maybe I'll interview him and talk to him about it. But um, yeah, so I was just like, damn, you know, I, I didn't know what I, what to make of that information. Um, all the money I was spending from work, could get in from work, was being spent on business. And so, uh, at push comes to shove, you know, my idea was that I would just divert that money into the rent and and figure out something else. I I, I didn't know so. But still, at that point in time, there wasn't a extremely perilous situation. Like, you know, we, we, we've gotten to these places before, so I didn't think much of it. And so fast forward and about 21 days later, and this was the most, you know, pivotal event probably of all my life, man. So we're in like one of these neighborhoods, like the neighborhood I initially described, the neighborhood I grew up in, a neighborhood that's not a city neighborhood as in a bunch of tall buildings, but like a city neighborhood, you know, like a ghetto neighborhood, you know, a bunch of townhouses made out of brick, old, you know, industrial Maryland type vibe. Um, you know, just to paint the scene, it's kind of like dark. It's, you know, it's the middle of the night, actually. It's 2 a.m. You know, obviously, you know, voyeurs and, 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 you know, drug addicts and homeless people are laying, you know, place pretty sporadically throughout the scene um there are random you know it's, it's pretty dirty streets uh trash kind of everywhere corner stores are the only things that's open but it's quiet and crickets are are, are. we're in this neighborhood on the street of fifth and v on dc now you can look up this place on google maps i don't really know how to describe it it's just like any ghetto hood type area uh where there are houses and and also commercial real estate and businesses and things like that you can kind of imagine the generic type of plane i'm painting here and we're all set up on the corner of fifth and v with a u-haul and it's the final day of filming so there are about eight of us on set there are me and another crewmate his name was devin and we were standing at the lower end of the sidewalk next to the u-haul up the sidewalk there are like four or five maybe four different women who were actresses actresses for the actual film uh, including my girlfriend and one of the directors, Jeff. Um, so we're wrapping up the shooting. So there's not many people on set. Me and Devin are chit-chatting. I don't remember about what, but we're kind of just like on medium to mild alert, but really not thinking too much because we had filmed there a few days uh, of the entire adventure. We had filmed there a few times, actually. We had police escorts, I think, the first time or the second time. But, you know, it seemed like a decent neighborhood. You know, it wasn't wasn't much going on. And so we were on mild alert, but 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 nothing crazy. So me and Devin are chit-chatting, and just up the sidewalk, uh, everybody's filming. And in in the middle of filming this last scene, they're literally slating for it over and over and over again, just trying to get you know uh, cover shots. Some guy, you know, he's like a semi, like he's built like Jabba the Hutt, like with legs. He's like kind of like short and kind of chubby, white t-shirt. 
he comes in in some sweatpants or I think he had a, actually a sweat hoodie on a sweat hoodie a hoodie on a gray hoodie or something like that he comes across the street you know and in my mind I'm not really paying attention to him you know he, he talks I'm kind of paying attention to him but not really I'm looking at him funny you know just analyzing the situation but he looks innocent you know he talks to the to the people up there the ladies and the director and he he asks for something I'm assuming it's money or a cigarette because there are a lot of homeless people out here and he walks back across the street and disappears me and Devin continue talking. We have a good conversation, laughing, joking, happy that, you know, this, this, this long haul, this grind is over. And suddenly we see something that's a little funny. If you, if you a nigga, like you got, the, you know, the, the, the alerts for these type of things. We see the same guy come across the street again, but his energy is just slightly different this time. There's a malice to it that wasn't there the first time. And so I'm watching this guy and I'm just like frozen in time. Like, what is this guy going to do? Not frozen in time, but 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 my my interest is peaked, my alert is peaked. I'm like, what is what is this guy doing? What is this fellow going doing? And he so he comes to the side of the street, and he he raises something black from his hood pocket or from his his crotch pocket, and 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 points it at first my girlfriend. That thing, that black thing that he raised was what I presume to be a loaded pistol. It, it was a pistol, but I presume it to be loaded. I, I have really no idea. And to tell you, to describe it in one word, it was surreal. Like, I cannot tell you how much, like my world kind of just froze and my body kind of like started to move and go on autopilot while, while my mind was kind of locked in a, a place of complete awe at, at at the weirdness of the event. The dude pulls a gun on us and, and and tries to rob the group. I'm just completely blown out of my mind. And I started to take steps forward because I'm like, okay, my girlfriend's over there. Just like my mind's not even, like my mind's almost completely blank at this point in time. I'm like, what the hell? And I hear a voice pierce through that blankness. Just lay on the ground. Stop. Just lay on the ground. And just like just completely on autopilot, my body just on its own command just lays on the ground. And suddenly we're in the middle of a scene where a guy is pacing and patting down to each of us with a pistol pointed at the back of our heads. I remember just looking at the ground in complete disbelief. Like, you know, the city grounds, how they have like broken glass and, you know, all types of minerals on it. And it looks like stars underneath the streetlights. I remember just looking at the ground and just really being there, and really being present and really just being froze in, in awe and surrealness of, of the moment. Like there was just a cold feeling to the to the entire thing. And in that moment of that robbery, I, I thought about my entire life. I'm be honest with you. I thought first and foremost about my girlfriend. She was what's important to me. I wasn't gonna let nothing happen to her, even if it meant I had to die. But a small idea that I suppose I never really considered in that way was wiggling in the back of my mind. As this guy is making his way around, I can feel death pacing around the camp. And, and you know, it, it, it comes. He comes towards me, and I can feel him hovering towards me. I can feel even right behind my head, even though it's not touching me, the tip of this pistol. And in that moment, whereas 
I suppose, you know, I would have thought originally what I would think was it's over. The guy can literally blow my brains out right here and I'll be gone. Nothing but red, unrecognizable matter on the city street of D.C. Um, There was more to that statement. It was I can be gone right now, blown away, blown to bits at 23 years old and Everything I've done up to, you know, up until this point in my life has meant absolutely nothing. That's what was going through my mind. Everything that I've done up until this point in my life has meant absolutely nothing. All the goals and, and, and the destinations and the relationship milestones and the, the moments that, that I thought that I would have. Everything that I would build for this world, even primarily everything that I would build for this world would have meant nothing. You know, the ways in which I proposed that I would grow to change people, these unpopular opinions that 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 could mean so much to the world. If he pulls this trigger, everything dies with me right here, right now. And my life would have meant nothing. The people that I suppose proposed that I would reach and change their lives one day. They would not even have any evidence that I existed at all. And the trajectories of their lives, unless guided by, you know, their own selves or someone else, you know, unless otherwise meddled with, would have would have continued as originally planned. Everything that 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 I represent that represented me as a person could have flashed out of existence right then and there. I remember just having that thought in my mind, like, damn, it, it could really be over. And then just in an instant like that, the entire situation was over and a dude just, just like a wraith in the night, just, just, just slipped off. It was the most insane gift I've ever received. And I say it was a gift because I think it, 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 I don't ever want to take that for granted. The entire summer taught me the possibility of, of life. It taught me the validity of these, uh, of the paradigm that I was living in. And I felt as if this was a moment to show me the brevity of life, uh, in the ma- in a corresponding message was that was that I don't have time to waste that I have to act now. You know, I remember strictly thinking when I was on the ground. You know what doesn't mean anything right now. Every single day that I spent at a nine to five, working from for 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 society's approval, working to be loved by people who didn't really care about me in the first place. I realized. Spending time doing those things was 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 one of the reasons why everything that I wish for this world hadn't been hadn't come yet to fruition in the first place. Because I wasted every single day trying to trying to look out for myself, trying to get approved for myself, trying to get love for my, and acceptance for myself. And I got so caught up in that that I forgot about other people. I remember after I got up from that. And, you know, Robbie and my girlfriend went to the car. I just remember thinking, man, I'm never working a nine to five and wasting another second of my life again if it can be over just like this in the first place. 
And so September 2nd, which was about eight days after that event, the next time I worked, I went into work and I put in a 30 days notice because it, it was really bad. Like every time I closed my eyes, my heart rate would pick up and, and I would get go into cold sweats in the event, which is replaying my mind over and over and over and over again. And I just, I even felt like less of a man because I didn't, couldn't even protect my girlfriend. Like it was, it was fucked up. You know, people would walk behind me on the streets when I would, you know, walk places and they would have like lanyards and things like that. And I think it was a pistol. Like I would just be completely like, I was just completely shook. Like the, the entire thing just was, was, was completely mind, like mind bending. And so September 2nd, I go into work and I put in a 30 day, like leave of absence because I'm like, you know, my mind is just in a completely different place. My mind is just like completely everywhere and I need to take a break. I need to relax. I need to recover from everything that just happened. But I told my girlfriend before I put that 30 day leave of absence, you know, I'm quitting my job and I'm never going back. And I knew I was never going to come back. I remember going in, put my 30 day leave of absence, go to the area, going to the area in which I worked, you know, dapping up my coworkers and, and just waving to them. And, and, and I, I walked out straight out of the garage door that I told him that I walk out of. And when I was walking through that garage door into the beautiful Maryland spring, butterflies, the sun, well, I guess it was summer at that point in time, it's August, <laughs> you know, the sun rays warming my skin, not a dirty warehouse where I was asleep. I walked in the freedom. And I remember the joy and the happiness and the feeling of freedom that swept over my body. And I feel like that was the moment where my life started again. I felt like that was where my second life began. You know, like, you know, it, it, you know, there was a time before walking through the entryway, the exit way, and, and there was a time after. And, and, and they're distinct in their own way. And so I walked home that day and I know I'm being a little long winded and dramatic with this story. So if you want to shortcut everything I'm saying, www.survivingthecancel.com. It's survivingthecancel.com is a free summit that you can register for that we're airing probably later in a month or so. There were 15 to 30 people who talk about how they built social businesses and how that they would do it again if they were canceled and lost everything in 30 days. www.survivingthecancel.com. Absolutely free to register. Go over there and uh, register if there's something that you want to do. But I remember going home and just relaxing that day and, and, and just, just, I just got to work. Three days later, unfortunately, um, whereas I thought I would have lenience for my parents because such bad things had happened. Um, you know, three days later, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little tired. <laughs> three days later, uh, on September 5th, the rent was due. And I thought it wouldn't be a situation because some crazy stuff had happened to me, but uh, evidently that was not the case. So I walk in the house on September 5th, 2019, and my mother is just blowing me to bits. Like she does not, like she's the first thing that says, okay, it's September 5th, rent's due, where's the rent? First thing that happened. These folks just started blowing me to bits. Like they just started blowing me out of the water. She was going in on me. She She was just like, she did not care about anything in the world at all. She literally just wowed me out and just left the room. And then my father just looked at me, just shook his head, and he just left with her. Uh, they both went upstairs. 
And I was just sitting there in the doorway, just completely blown about the entire incident. And it made me realize that come hell or high water, you know, this wasn't something that was just going to end. This wasn't something that was going to stop. You know, um, they wanted that rent, (laughs) you know, and or they wanted me to go to college. And at that point in time, I had three decisions that I could make. I can work, you know, I can go back to Target when I just promised myself I'd never do that again and work these long shifts and these long hours just to pay rent, not even for my business. I could sacrifice my days and sacrifice the world, therefore. That was the first thing I could choose. The second thing I could choose was I could go to college and once again appease the people around me, appease society, and walk a path that was cookie cutter the status quo's path and uh that was that was another decision i could make um but the third is you know in and, and continue to sacrifice the world and, and my mission everything that i believe in therefore that was another decision i could make the third decision that i could make was i could turn around even though i had nowhere left to go and walk out that door behind me and never come back and commit every single day because someone might get behind me with a pistol any one of them and blow my fucking brains out and regardless of anything just work and work and work for this dream that I believe in that was the third option and so I turned around and I just walked out the door so that that kind of like opens up an entirely new chapter now i'm actually getting tired and i don't want this to be a podcast episode that i do sloppily so i'm actually going to cut it right here and what i'm going to do is i'm going to continue in like a part two uh telling you what happened you know after i left home and in in how the story like it's insane i'm going to tell you in a part two okay i'm going to tell you the story in a part two um but i do want to conclude with this episode by saying Look, uh, if you're somebody that has, I, you know, unpopular opinions and you want other people on a massive scale, not only to understand them, but to adopt them and become diehard fans of them, then what you want to do is go to www.survivingthecancel.com, survivingthecancel.com. You want to register for the free summit. Because that's exactly what they teach you on the summit, step by step, how they would do that if they were canceled and lost their social movement, lost the favor of society, how they regain it all again, the favor of society and maybe entirely new social movement from scratch in four weeks, in 30 days. Okay, so these are 15 to 30 people, like I said, that are responsible for some of the biggest social movements of all, you know, all, all of Internet history, like insanely wealthy, insanely influential individuals now the summit is free right now free to register at survivingthecancel.com but it might not always be that way so i want you to head over there and register for the summit right now uh the information in there is going to blow your mind um it's insane and so stay tuned we're going to actually make a part two to this uh this podcast so and uh without further ado i'll talk to you all later i hope you enjoy uh Thanks. This is Dallas, and this is the Arriving to Cancel podcast. Peace out. What is up, designers? I hope you enjoyed that episode. We're going to be right back tomorrow with part three out of four. Once again, if I haven't said it enough, 
if you want to shortcut the all you know this four episode series about how to create a social business um and learn from 15 to 30 experts who've actually done it you know i take these experts and i ask them if you were canceled how would you build a social movement to replace the followers you lost the supporters that you lost um, whether that be supporters in your life, supporters in your business, or whatever it is, how it is that you create a social move that's strong enough even to resist cancel culture, um, and so that's essentially what the answer. How do you do that, and how do you do it in a profitable way? You know, so if you have a business, how do you create a fan base that's not just customers and clients, but fans, fanatics of that business, uh, and they don't treat it as just a business, but they treat it as more. They treat it as a movement. Um, I ask 15 to 30 experts, again, how do you do that? And their answers, you can listen to them for absolutely free if you register for the summit at survivingthecancel.com. So I suggest you head over there and listen to it because it's some pretty amazing stuff and it won't be free and it won't be around forever. So it won't be free forever and it won't be around forever, but you can get in there free and listen to experts, multimillionaires, highly influential people and in in, you know, detail how they did it. So go to survivingthecancel.com and listen right now.